Hey, before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to share something that I think is pretty exciting, and hopefully you do as well. I have a brand new 12-week intuitive eating group coaching program just for men called Equip to Thrive. Sorry, ladies, this one is just for the guys this time. This program is for you if you're tired of obsessing over the food you eat, you feel addicted to food or certain foods and struggle with overeating or occasional binge eating episodes. Maybe you feel overwhelmed by all the conflicting messages related to health, nutrition, and fitness. Maybe you're tired of dieting, losing, and regaining the same weight over and over again. You just want to feel relaxed around food, whether you're alone at home, out with your spouse or partner at a restaurant, a birthday party, work function, all of those kinds of things. Maybe you're interested in learning about intuitive eating and how it may be the right fit for you. And you would thrive in a diverse community of like-minded guys who share many of the same struggles and goals that you do. You'll get pre-recorded video course content to listen to at a convenient time for you, supplemental mini courses to touch on specific topics like performance nutrition and feeding your children and teenagers, weekly live Zoom coaching calls, private Facebook community, private email support, and you even get one one-to-one -one private coaching session with me at the time of your choosing during that 12-week time period. Now, the inaugural group starts up October 3rd, so if you are interested at all, head over to hopedrivesme.com or check out the link in the show notes and get on the pre-sale list. Oh, and for those who join this very first group, I'm giving you a massive price reduction over the normal cost, just as my way of saying thank you. All right, so enough of the advertisement. Let's dive into the episode. We've all heard of women's intuition, right? Well, men have intuition as well. Intuition is so important when it comes to feeding ourselves and our families in our challenging food environment. This podcast explores a variety of topics related to a powerful, evidence-based eating framework called intuitive eating that integrates instinct, emotion, and rational thought. My hope is that it will help you finally break free of the perpetual diet cycle. This is the Men's Intuition Podcast. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Men's Intuition Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Ash, nutritionist, personal trainer, and intuitive eating coach. And I'm excited to have another really helpful conversation uh, today on this episode. So today in this episode, we're going to be talking uh, about the challenges and bias that people in larger bodies face when trying to pursue fitness and changes in health, especially when they're not intentionally trying to lose weight. Uh, the, the pressures, the expectations that they feel to shrink their bodies to the culture's standards of what's considered kind of an appropriate size, you know, all those pressures are are problematic, and we're going to be talking about about that today. So we're going to address this topic by talking with another man and coach like myself who encourages others to pursue and achieve health without intentionally focusing on weight loss. And so that is something that you've probably heard me talk about on this podcast before, unless this is your very first episode. And if it is your first episode, welcome. Uh, you're in for a treat today, I think. This will be a, a really good conversation. So my guest today is Joe Loy, and he is an educator and a health coach. He helps plus-size people achieve a healthy lifestyle through an anti-diet approach that emphasizes body respect and food confidence. So without any further ado, welcome, Joe. Thank you. I am super excited to be here. Um, I love talking about this topic, especially because it's not a well-talked about topic. And when no. we do talk about it, 
it it gets people's fire going um, yeah. um and it upsets people and so mm-hmm. i'm really excited that you've invited me here today to be here yeah so thank you great well yeah and you know it, it's one of those topics that we do hear it talked about in uh among women i think some yeah we don't oh, really yeah. hear it talked about among men as much and mm-hmm. so i think it's really good to have these conversations uh not just women talking about how men struggle with these issues as well but a couple of dudes talking about it too, I think is a, a good way to, it's going to be a good conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Super excited. Cool. Well, tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into health coaching. Yeah. Um. So it's, it was a journey. So I, I went to school to be a teacher. I, that was what my degree was in. I was working um, in St. Paul, Minnesota with the before and after school program um, as a leader and a supervisor. And one of the big parts of my job was coaching staff, coaching staff to work through um, struggles with behavior management, through inclusion, through um, just their own professional goals. And it was a part of the job that I absolutely loved. And I, to like, you know, toot my own horn, but I'm going to toot my own horn. I was good at it. It was, you know, Uh I was good at coaching. And um, I started to just like, there was a point where I was like, just wondering, like, if there like what what else do I want to do? Is there something that I would want to do more than this? Because this is the only thing I've ever known is working with kids. Mm-hmm. And I met a couple health coaches, and that kind of like like started the spark. And then, um, once the pandemic hit, I was like full blown into like Weight Watchers, and I was gaining a lot of weight quickly too. And because I was stressed, I we were frontline workers, we were out in the middle of it. I was burning out quickly, and I there was one day I think we had pizza for lunch or something. Like we ordered pizza for the staff, and um, or it was donated or something. I can't remember exactly, but. I remember basically saying like, no, I'm not going to eat it. I have my own, my own lunch that I'm going to eat. Cause it, if I eat the pizza, it's going to push me over my points. Right. And I had a colleague who, um, gently just asked me if she could talk to me about that. And we had a conversation and she, that's when she introduced me to intuitive eating. And, and that's kind of what started my, my, adventure into this like health more health and wellness for myself um and this journey and then that's when i found this company this organization this school that not only trains you on how to be a health coach and a life coach but you also get to experience the coaching as well and i got to experience the like being coached by someone to help me eat better and, um, and still enjoy the foods and stop restricting Mm -hmm. and put like, start adding more nutritional things into my meals and just like setting goals too around my fitness and getting my body moving and understanding that, you know, I don't have to go to the gym to kill my body and burn every single calorie I've eaten rather like find movement I enjoy. And that puts a smile on my face and makes me feel good. Um, and then, and so that's kind of like, that's kind of how I got here. And I, you know, I, um, I'm loving the journey so far because I, 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 I say this all the time because I feel like I'm on the journey with my clients. Um, it's, it's, I think it's a journey that doesn't necessarily have a destination and I'm excited to keep, just keep going on it. 
Yeah, that's great. I, I love the, I love how you said that it doesn't really have a destination. And I think that that's one of the, one of the things that makes dieting and that mindset problematic. And it's also one of the, the, the things that draws people to it and, and makes it exciting because yeah. you do have a destination. You have a number on the scale to achieve. And when you hit it, then you've yes. hit your goal weight. But we know from research that it's not very likely that you're going to maintain it. And so then, you know, that, that is this vicious cycle. And so uh, you see the yeah. allure of it. But once you really get into this thinking in terms of a journey and there's no destination, there's no right or wrong or failure with it. It's just a learning experience that you're going through and, and growing through that process and, and developing those skills. And, and, and it's just, you know, you're just going and learning more about yourself and what works for you. Cause, cause really health isn't a, there isn't a destination. It's right. not a journey from I am unhealthy today. I want to be healthy. And in one year from now, I'm going to be quote healthy. I mean, yes. as an example, I, I, just yesterday had a bladder scope done. Oh, wow. And because I've had, I'm 50 now and I have an enlarged prostate, mm -hmm. you know, as mm -hmm. 50 year olds often do. And so yep. did Very the scope normal. and yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, my bladder is not healthy, so I've got to go have a surgical procedure done. But, um, you know, again, and once that's done, am I going to then reach health? You know, well, no, I've got other things going, you know, there are right. other things that, that will probably pop up at times. And, and so it, it really is this sort of spectrum. And, mm -hmm. um, and so I think that that's, that's uh, good to think of it in that journey point. What's, what's yeah. different about a health coach than um, a personal trainer or nutritionist or dietitian or, you know, these kinds of things that, that are out there? Yeah, that's a really good question. So a coach is really just someone who is there to help you tap into this genius you already have. Um, it's a lot of asking questions, a lot of um, diving deep into some of these like deep seated, um, we call them limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. um, but it's the beliefs that are like stopping you from actually being able to move forward. It's the, you know, working through those beliefs that are sabotaging you every time you, you you get to a point and you just drop off. Like I, I think of my journey and something that always sabotaged me was that scale. I'd get yeah. on that scale and I'd see that number, either it went up or it didn't go down as much as I wanted to. And well, well, we're going to try again next week. <laughs> like yeah. we're done now. Um, and I think a lot of people experience that too, of that self-sabotage and, and that's my role as a coach. And, and, I, I'm usually someone who has those resources then too. like, if, if it's to the point where you do also need to go see a nutritionist, I'm going to find a nutritionist that I think is going to work well with you and mm -hmm. can help you move forward on that. If you, if I think that, that you like, if it's work that's beyond what we're doing, um, seeing a dietitian, seeing a doctor for something else, um, I'm going to refer you to, to seeing those specialists. I've worked with clients where things have come up in in a consultation where I've had to say, you know, I really think that you need to seek out and I don't say it like this, um, but right. essentially, like, <laughs> I really think that it would be important that if to, to work with me, that you also need to seek out 
either a therapist or a dietitian or a nutritionist, um, because I think that's what's going to help you. And then I'm there to help with the system, the accountability and the implementation of the new skills that you might be learning. That's great. That's an excellent description of it. And yeah, like you, I, I, you know, while I'm a nutritionist and personal trainer, I find that most of my conversations with clients yeah, are exactly what you're saying. It it mm. almost has nothing to do with the specifics of the foods. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll come up with with some ideas and strategies around that, but it's usually very uh, process oriented and and just yeah. you know, what can I do to to work through this particular struggle? And often it's it has nothing to do with the food. We we which is a big part mm-hmm. of it is helping people discover that. These these ideas that we have where we think that food is our problem in reality. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. it is, but it's it's really a manifestation of something else that's going yes. on in so, so many cases. Yes. Yeah. My my mantra is that your relationship to food and exercise is far more impactful than the actual food and exercise that you partake in or eat. Yeah. Um, because I think it's, it's those habits. It's health, health is habits. <laughs> health mm-hmm. are habits. So, yeah. um, however you say that in correct grammar, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, and as a nutritionist and personal trainer, I would agree with you 100% on that, that mm-hmm. all of that nutrition science that I learned and all of this, the optimizing training and all of those things, that those things don't matter if you don't have the how when it yeah. comes to eating and mm-hmm. um you know in your description you described yourself as helping plus size people achieve a healthy lifestyle through an anti-diet approach that emphasizes body respect and food confidence so i'd love to break that down a little bit because um you know you didn't say anything about helping them lose weight we've mm-hmm. already kind of talked about that yeah. or eating healthy really focusing on that but um i guess one of the one of the questions i had was yeah. Do you help people lose weight? What if they do want to lose weight? Do you help them do that? Yeah. Um, so that's a really good question because many of the people who come to me, that's what they want to do. They want to yeah. lose weight. And I am upfront and honest with the fact that that is not my goal. My mm-hmm. goal is not to help you lose weight. Do the people I work with sometimes lose weight on my program? Absolutely. I think that is... And and if you re- read the intuitive eating book, like that is something that can happen when you start to align your body and heal your body. Um, again, it starts to kind of find its natural weight and yeah. the weight that it's supposed to be at. And um, that's what my program is is meant to do. And it's really more about figuring out who you are being when you're eating. What like are you in a stress state? Um, how what is your movement like? How can we get more movement into your 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 daily and regular routine um focusing on small habits like just chewing our food like are mm-hmm. we slowing down when we're eating our meals are we actually chewing are or are we just inhaling um so really kind of i don't like to use the word ritual but like some like making those meals and those meal times um more of a time that is like really sacred for you and your body mm-hmm. Yeah, taking them seriously. And that's that's yeah. one of the the things that I talk with parents about if if I'm helping them with kids and teenagers is is it help make sure your kids know that the eating time, whether it's a snack or a meal, is an important thing that needs to that yes. we need to focus on because that's really the only way we can really tune into 
whether we're feeding ourselves enough or or too much or uh, what makes us feel good and and well and the satisfaction factor that's that's yeah. something where you don't you really don't get that satisfaction if you're not at least connected to some degree with the food like you were talking about and chewing mm-hmm. helps with that it helps you taste mm-hmm. it and uh yeah yeah well talk a little bit about an anti-diet or non-diet approach. So how does that, what, what's that language mean and, and mm-hmm. kind of why do you use that? Yeah. So, um, I, and I'll start with saying too, like many people, when they hear me say anti-diet or non-diet, they, they hear like nothing healthy, nothing yeah. nutritional, n- nutritional. They think I'm saying go and eat a McDonald's meal for every meal of the day for the rest of your life. And, and that's not what I'm saying, right? Like I, it's, but it's more of the idea of it's gentle nutrition. It's finding ways to add food in rather than take away and rather than restrict. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, I had lost my train of thought. Um, (laughs) so, so diet culture, Let's talk about diet culture for a second. So, so we have created this culture in our society and, and in our world that is so focused on the thin ideal. You are not healthy unless you are thin. You are not Mm -hmm. healthy unless you look a certain way. Um, and that's just not, that's not true. We, you know, we, we use BMI right now as a way to measure fatness. And it has been stated by the actual person that created the BMI in like the 1800s, that it wasn't created to measure fatness. It was created as a tool to help with delegation of resources. And mm-hmm. it, it was created by a mathematician. And we're so we're using this outdated way of measuring health. And we're automatically saying that if you don't fit into this certain number, then you're just unhealthy. And, and it's, and health is so much deeper than that. And there's so much, it's so much more complex. And, and the diet culture is these, these fad diets, these companies that are, are profiting off of you wanting to lose weight and wanting to look a certain way and wanting to, to make that thin ideal. But it's unsustainable. It, it's, you know, I, I think of, um, like Weight Watchers was the most recent one I was was the most recent diet I was on. And it all I did was restrict. I fit I, I met my points every day, but I went to bed hungry every day because it mm-hmm. didn't all it didn't because I fit my points, but it didn't actually teach me anything about my body or anything about my hunger cues and my fullness cues and um or like how I was even just feeling after eating certain eating certain foods. And so when I say an anti-diet approach or a non-diet approach, it means that when you come to me and you work with me, I'm not going to sit there and be like, eat this meal plan and and follow these rules and follow these steps. In fact, I, I'm going to ask you to throw those out the window and mm-hmm. we're going to work on trying to heal your body from that um, and, and working back into figuring out how do you feel when you eat a certain food, you know, when you have that peanut butter toast, how does that make your body feel? Pay attention to the sensations in your body. Pay attention to um, maybe some emotions that come up with it. Um, because, you know, when we eat food, 
we do feel things, we do feel certain things. And so pay, it's, it's about coming back and paying attention to your body and the messages that your body is giving you because our, our bodies give us messages all the time and diet culture has taught us not to listen to those. Yeah, that's, that's so important. You, I know you talked about adding in rather than taking out and listening to your body. And I think those are, those are such important aspects of this whole thing because well, one, you find that when you start adding things in, when you realize, oh, you know, um, this would be great to add in and it would round out my meals and it make them more satisfying and more filling and more sustaining. You know, I talk about that a lot too. And that's where we can apply some of the general nutrition where we understand that, you know, protein is, is satiating. And so it's good to include that Mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. in your meals and even your snacks. And then it carries you over better. But, um, but, you know, that, that aspect. And then and see, now I'm losing my train of thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so taking that additive approach where we're adding in different things and then also, um, not when we're tuning in anything that we cut out too, like myself, I've had to cut out a few things or at least limit. And it's based on how my body feels. I'm not cutting them out because somebody told me they're bad for me or because somebody yes. said they're unhealthy. But, <laughs> you know, I mentioned earlier about my prostate issues. I found out recently yeah. I'm, 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 a, I'm a mess. When I turned 50, I had to have shoulder surgery, prostate issues. And then I also went in for a CT of my back and found out I have a ton of gallstones that I didn't realize oh, I had. No. And then it was like, oh, that explains why I can't eat Chicken Express, which is this fried chicken that I love, yes. but I can't eat it anymore because it it literally put me in the hospital one time. I thought I was having a heart attack, and and then I realized it was this food. So I don't eat that anymore. And yesterday we ate some Mexican food, yeah. and I I really wanted this dish that is my favorite. But since I found that out, my wife reminded me you. You better be careful with that because that's exactly what (laughs) triggers this. And I said, yeah, you're right. But I still had a very satisfying meal. But Mm -hmm. uh, my whole point in that is that restricting or cutting that out based on the fact that it makes me feel like garbage is very different than cutting something out because somebody else told me that I should cut it out or that I'll feel like garbage if I eat it. Because that's another thing that we get to is like, oh, if you eat sugar, Mm -hmm. this is going to happen and that's going to happen and this when sugar doesn't do that to me. Yeah. It, it, sugar is not a problem yeah. for me. I can eat a fair amount and, and I, I enjoy my sugar. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I love that approach in, in that way that you were describing that and, and that non-diet way of approaching it. And in fact, there's an intuitive eating principle with the yes. rules, you know, challenging the food police. And so mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I was going to ask you about was this whole idea of food confidence. That oh, was yeah. a really cool thing. So tell us about that. I love that. It kind of reminded me of Ellen Satter has a eating competence that she talks about in a similar approach, oh, like yeah. intuitive eating. So it's you know become, helping kids and yourself become a competent eater, mm-hmm. uh, focusing on how we eat rather than the specifics of what. But that food confidence kind of made me think of that, too. Yeah, and I think this this goes really well with what we were just talking about about the gentle nutrition and kind of adding and taking away and um and and a little bit of a story too. Like when I was on my health journey or when I I should say when I was like going through my health journey mm-hmm. of all these diets and and restricting and whatnot, um I 
I was afraid of food. I was afraid to go to social events mm-hmm. where there was going to be food. I, I declined invites from friends and family because, well, I can't eat. I'm going to, I'm going to go there. And I'm going to want to eat everything. Yeah. And, um, and I, then I wasn't going to feel good. And, you know, this kind of that, that derail of, you know, not wanting to be in, it put myself in a position where I couldn't control myself. And I say control in air quotes because, right. because it's so much more than that. Um, and so I wasn't confident, you know, I, there's, there's this confidence around, um, you know, being okay with eating that slice of cake and mm-hmm. eating that piece of pizza and knowing that you are going to be okay. Yeah. And that it's, it's not, you know, it's not going to, make you gain all this weight and make you completely immobile from that one, that one slice mm-hmm. and, and really healing that relationship. I think with the food too, back to that idea of relationship, because it's, we, we just, we, we lose, we lose that, that feeling that we are going to be okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess that's yeah. the best way I can explain it. I love that. And that, that just makes that well, that really supports and adds to those other facets of health because you talked about how earlier health is not just the food we eat and and the movement that we do, but there's so many other facets to it. Yeah. There's the physical and emotional and psychological and intellectual and economic yes. is even a factor and social health and spiritual health for certain people and all these all these facets of health and. And we need to nurture all of them because you can have the perfectly 1, perfect physical health to some degree. But if those other things aren't in line, your physical health is probably going to uh, be yeah. damaged at some point. You know, you see you see people who are in incredible shape physically. And yet because of the way that they're navigating the rest of their life, they end up with all kinds of problems down the line. Yeah. Maybe not immediately, but. You know, when you don't sleep enough, when you skip out on all those social occasions and then have this weak social health, yes. it, it it builds up and and starts to cause problems. So I love that confidence thing. I think yeah. that just in it in and of itself, feeling confident around food really helps you to navigate all these other uh, mm-hmm. situations. You sit down, you eat a piece of cake and you enjoy it mm-hmm. and you don't feel like it's controlling you. And you yeah. also feel confident that if i want cake and cookies and a piece of pie that's okay too because yes yep <laughs> yeah, i have that I, and you know I, there are times when i do that and there are times when i don't and the reason i yep. don't is because i know i won't feel good or i'm just full or i'm not in the mood do you find yeah. that when you work with people that sometimes they find out that either they don't like a food that they thought was controlling or that they don't need as much to be satisfied once they're actually paying attention to it? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I have worked with clients that once they um, start to really listen to their bodies, like they almost start craving some of those more nutritional value or uh, mm-hmm. foods more than the sugary and the greasy. And because they know and they t- they're able to tell themselves, I can have that. I can have that, or I can have that later. But I don't. I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want to eat that. Um, and it's it's just a whole new mindset shift too. And I I think uh, along with that too, it goes back to the like knowing your body and knowing 
what doesn't feel, you know, what doesn't taste good. Like, like you in the chicken, like you, you, you gain that confidence to trust your body and know that when your body tells you something, it's, it's probably right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we have all these mechanisms in, inside our bodies, which is always so fascinating to me, these mm-hmm. homeostatic mechanisms that when, when you need more to eat, your body drives you to eat. And when you, yes. are, when you don't need more to eat, your body drives you to stop eating. And when mm-hmm. you need rest, it makes you sleepy and this kind of thing. And, yes. you know, and when all kinds of different things that it, it it regulates, but we have to pay attention to it because we yeah. can ignore and suppress it. And that's what that dieting often does is it trains us to, to ignore the hunger signals and to sort mm-hmm. of be able to get through the day when we're actually really, really hungry. And, but we're able to sort of function kind of like a functional alcoholic type of situation yes. where a person is, is, you know, they're, under the influence, but they're able to kind yeah. of function. And, and I think that dieting often does that. And when people really start to step back and connect, they're like, wow, I never realized just how bad I felt when I was mm-hmm. in this massive calorie deficit and trying to work out for an hour mm-hmm. and a half a day. <laughs> I I just thing. said that the other day. I like, I, I still have days where I like all of a sudden have this realization of like, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe like I felt that way at one point and like mm-hmm. that I was restricting these things or not letting myself eat these foods and that I was just crabby all the time or tired and and like not understanding the reason behind why I was crabby and tired mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, a little example just this last week, my wife's been in and out of the hospital the last 7 weeks, oh. six different six different times she's been admitted for multiple days and but uh, I was at the gas station. I wanted a snack and there was a, I had a specific thing in mind that I wanted to get. It was on my way to, to get, to see my wife at the hospital and I going through there and I'm looking for it and they didn't have it. And I was, I, I could not find it, which was fine. Cause I was craving that specific thing. But in the past, what I would have done was I would have just grabbed something else. This time mm. I wasn't really hungry. I just was craving this very specific. It was a it was a oatmeal cream pie. I wanted that. They didn't have it, so I left, and I didn't get one because I I was wanting to eat it just for the the taste, the sensation, you know, the, kind yeah. of that emotional feel that it would give, um, which is hundred percent fine. But then when I absolutely noticed they didn't have it, I thought, well, nothing else is going to satisfy me in that way, so I'm just going to wait until you know I was planning to eat again next. And, and I think that that's a really cool thing because like I said, mm-hmm. in the past, I would have just probably grabbed three or four other things and just <laughs> eaten yeah. all of them because it was a stressful time. And so, yeah, yeah, you, you, you find a different substitution, right? Mm-hmm. When really in this situation, you recognized it's not really actually about the food. It's about this right. specific food. And yeah. I, I, I'm like, again, that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, for those not watching the video version of this episode, you're not a small guy. I am uh, not. <laughs> nope. And I will yeah. own it. <laughs> yep. And you do own it on your on yeah. your Instagram. We'll <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll give you a chance to plug that here. Well, actually, what what is your Instagram handle? Just in case people uh, cut out early. Yeah, my Instagram handle is uh at J Loy L O Y E coaching. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll give you a chance to plug that at the end too, but just in case Perfect. people, yeah, sometimes people, 
I don't know why they would ever consider not listening to the entire episode, but there are people, believe it or not, who do that. Mm -hmm. So just in case. Mm -hmm. But uh, but anyway, so like we said, you're not you're not a small guy. Is it safe to say that you're not always welcomed with open arms in the health coaching, fitness, nutrition space? Absolutely. And um, I honestly, when I was entering this, I didn't realize it was going to be as difficult as I've experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people see me, you know, on Instagram and just out there, one, owning the fact that I am a fat man, like Mm -hmm. I own it, I say it, I like it, it's who I am. It's my body. It's the body I have that Mm -hmm. that's it. And um, and that I'm a health coach and people are just like shocked that I'm a fat health coach. Like I, I get people messaging me or commenting on my stuff, telling me like, how can you be a health coach if you're fat? You know, mm-hmm. it's that I, it's that not understanding. And it goes back to that, like what we've, what we've learned in this diet culture, what we've been indoctrinated to believe about health and about fitness and about different bodies and not understanding that people can have big bodies Mm -hmm. and still feel good and still be healthy and still have good health markers. When you go to the doctor, Um, it doesn't mean I'm eating everything in sight or that I'm out of control or um, that I, you know, it's, it's though it, it's funny because those are the comments too, that are the least helpful like, yeah. like when, when you tell a, a fat person that you need to lose weight or you need to eat less or whatever, like that, like, thanks. That's actually not gonna, that's not how it works, but, yeah. but thanks for your unsolicited advice. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's a far more complicated uh, issue than what mm-hmm. a lot of people think this yeah. whole, you know, whether you know, mechanistically Yes, mm-hmm. calories that matter, you know, the input, yes. the output, yes. but it it doesn't work out like it does for a robot where you put right. in this or that. And, right. and I think that a lot of people don't don't realize that or they because it was very easy for them. What I see a lot of people mm-hmm. in the fitness industry, because I think a lot of us get into it the same way you described you. Somebody pointed you in this direction. You fell in love with this process. You're a good coach in another area and you realize, hey, this is something where I could really make a difference in other people's lives. Absolutely. So I'm going to pursue this. And a lot of people get into fitness that way. You know, I got into it that way. I I started with doing bodybuilding.com transformation challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've always been active and doing stuff, but that's kind of what triggered me and got me most interested in and really learning a lot more about it and then eventually moving in the coaching direction and then moving yeah. away from that into a weight neutral uh, approach a, a few years ago, but but in any case, I, I think that that's unfortunate the way that people um, yeah. view that, or they you know, your your body is your business card and all of that yes. kind of nonsense, and mm-hmm. and uh, and and it's just it's unfortunate that that's the case because you know you have a unique you're in a unique position yourself as being a fat health coach because there yeah. are other fat people who and again we're using this term in the from the perspective of descriptive it's still yes. hard for me i have to be honest yeah. it's still hard for me cuz i you know being 50 totally cuz it was always such a negative yes. thing when you called somebody fat yeah. i'm having to get used to that and i you know anyway that's that's another issue but yeah well and i struggle with it too and i think that's mm-hmm. part of like the reclaiming that word of like yeah. 
you know, and, and I, and there are still fat people out there that don't want to call themselves fat. Mm -hmm. And I would never, you know, I like, I lean into that and would never do that if that's what they choose for Mm -hmm. me. It's a descriptive word. I'm fat, (laughs) you know, and, and I'm reclaiming that word. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, you can relate with, with people who may not relate to me because I've always been a relatively slim person. And so uh, in, in some ways, you know, I think I shared with you that my first wife was, was very large and, and Mm -hmm. that, um, so I'm, I've been around it. I've been able to see discrimination firsthand in fact i think her death was partially related to lack of health care because basically she was prescribed xanax for when she went in uh, having shortness of breath and throwing up after going to the gym and she actually had a fist-sized tumor in her chest so you know those kinds of things that a thin person me i well back to the chicken express when i was having chest pains they put me in the hospital overnight and i saw a cardiologist they were they had me on monitoring and you know all this stuff because I was a slim, quote, healthy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, by but a fat person, a heavier person, bigger person mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily get that same treatment. You know, typically, yeah. you know, obviously chest pain, that's kind of a little bit different, but the case where you know, the anxiety, knee pain, have you yeah. personally experienced any of that kind of discrimination when it can uh, when get seeking health care or anything like that yeah totally i um i was just thinking of um how when i so i i sleep with a cpap and mm-hmm. um one of the things that like when i was going in for it one of the first things they said to me was you know, this could be solved by just losing weight. Funny story here. I have sleep apnea. I was diagnosed with sleep apnea when I was uh, competing at the national level in karate. So I was in really good shape and I don't like to use numbers, but I was 5'11 and 165 pounds. That's far from big. And I was diagnosed with moderate sleep apnea (laughs) so and that's a perfect this is a perfect example right here of that like me just losing weight wasn't going to solve the problem because i've also had sleep apnea like i haven't always been this big Mm -hmm. i was you know when i was younger i was smaller and i've had sleep apnea since then it just wasn't as bad until now and i'm actually needing a cpap and i I remember telling the, 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 I think they're called technicians, um, that like, well, it's easier said than done. (laughs) Like (laughs) I've, I've been there and I've done that and (laughs) just give me the damn CPAP. (laughs) Well, that's the thing too, is that, is that the CPAP is something that can resolve the issue for you and Mm -hmm. give you the relief so that you can feel better. And, and that improves your health where the weight loss might improve it. Might not like in my mm-hmm. case, I, it doesn't. It, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, it's just it's going right. to be there whether I'm big or small, and right. and but you can control something. There is a behavior where you can put the CPAP on your face. Weight loss isn't a behavior, and yep. so you know you. But but this is this is a good example of a health promoting behavior that you mm-hmm. can engage in, which is to put your CPAP machine on at night, and yes. that improves your sleep which is going to probably improve all kinds of facets of your health. It's 
It's so true. And I, and I, cause like before the CPAP, I was tired all of the time and, mm-hmm. and eating more foods and more calories and whatnot. That wasn't solving the problem because I wasn't like, I, it wasn't about the food. It was, it was because I wasn't getting the sleep, which does mm-hmm. mean that I was hungrier because my body was looking for that energy. And yeah. now that I'm actually getting the sleep that I need, I have the energy to listen to my body's messages. I have the energy to go to the gym and get my movement in every day. Like it has, mm-hmm. like you said, it's, it's helped increase some of those other areas in my life. Yeah. Well, and that's the stuff that you probably help your, your clients discover it through the health coaching is, Hey, mm-hmm. I've been where you are. Uh, I understand that aspect. Here's what, ha- have you ever considered this? Have you given this any thought yes. and that kind of a thing? And I think yeah, that's, again, a, something where somebody in your unique position where you're equipped to be a good health coach and also that you have the lived experience that can relate with a lot mm-hmm. of people. I think that can be really, really helpful because there's things that that you may come up with that I might not. Um, mm-hmm. Now, like I said, since I was, I've lived you know with for 15 years with my first wife before she passed away. With that, I understand intellectually a lot of the the challenges that yeah. that you have to go through, but I di- I haven't been through it, and that's a very mm-hmm. different thing when you've been through it versus knowing it or or understanding it from the intellectual standpoint. Yeah, one thousand percent. Yeah, you know another another thing that comes to mind is when when talking about coaches is how many NFL coaches are in this elite athletic shape and yet they are Mm. phenomenal coaches in coaching elite athletes to perform at their best and that's just another example of where it's not about what our body looks like it's about what capabilities we have as a coach or a counselor Mm. or that kind of a thing too 1000% I say I say it on my Instagram all the time that my fatness and my body size does not determine my my knowledge, my expertise, my worth, and my value. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, where does intuitive eating fit into all of this for for you? So we talked about kind of some of the the, the foundational things there, but how does that fit in? Um, do you coach your clients in intuitive eating specifically? Uh, um, that's a really good question. So I, I'm actually not a certified intuitive eating like counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a lot of just like what I learned through my health coaching does have a lot of base in intuitive eating. And a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff comes from that idea of intuitive eating. And so I, I, I use a lot of that stuff from my training and mm-hmm. intuitive eating is my favorite book in the food and health. So I do um, provide a copy of that book for all of my clients. Mm-hmm. And then um, as they're reading through it, like if things come up that they need help with or understanding, I do my best. Otherwise I do like let them know too, like there are actual intuitive eating like counselors out there that can help you work through some of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And it is one of my goals eventually to be an intuitive eating counselor. Cause I think I, I believe in it. I, I believe it's, you know, some people have said to me when I've explained it, well, isn't that just a diet? And I'm like, no, it's actually more of like a philosophy um, yeah. and a way of being. Um, and it's about healing too. Like I always love mm-hmm. to say that intuitive eating is about healing. It's healing from 
diet culture. And it really is getting your body back to those natural cues and those natural ways of being that we're born to have and trust, but we don't because of the outer, the outside noise, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, I, I, you know, I had went through the certification process and it is phenomenal. Um, I love that. When you go through it, you will love it. And I was the only dude in the, <laughs> I believe it. going through I believe it at it. the time. <laughs> There's just so few. Uh, you know, I ha- I'm part of the the uh, certified counselors and facilitators Facebook mm. group where we where we all gather and share knowledge and insight and ask for advice and that kind of thing from other professionals and and. I'm the only dude commenting in there. And so we need more guys <laughs> yes, um, yes. in there because this is not, you know, so much of what we see on social media and understandably so, because I think that the way society has really uh, negatively hurt women and, and put this pressure yeah. from on their appearance on them so much that it's natural that they would be the ones kind of leading this, the way in this sort of healing your relationship Absolutely. with food and body. But us guys struggle with it too, just yeah. in a different way. In some, in some cases, often the same way, it just manifests itself a little bit different kind mm-hmm. of in that bigorexia sort of yeah. where, where um, there's, or muscle dysmorphia and these kinds of things where, where mm-hmm. not only are we focused on the, the lean aspect, but the muscularity, but anyway, the, the intuitive eating yeah. certification process is so great um, because you do, you get to go through uh, that. I you can't get to wait connect to with it. other people. Yeah, definitely. Highly recommend that. So, and I think just in talking to you, I mean, really, I've I've been following you on social media, mm-hmm. and um, and now talking with you, I I'm just really excited that 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 you're in this space, and uh, it's it's cool to see that, and I think that you're going to make a big impact in in this space. So I'm excited well, to see that, and uh, glad to have have coaches of all shapes and sizes and, and interests yes. and all of that, because th- that's what we have in the world is people of different shapes and sizes and interests 1, and backgrounds and where they're struggling, where they're hurting, what needs healed. Some people don't really need much in the way of healing. They just need a different view, a perspective mm-hmm. on fitness. And it's kind of like, yeah, that was sort of me. I wasn't really super damaged by it, but the new perspective, it just changed everything and just made it yeah. so much more relaxed and confident. <laughs> that that mm-hmm. whole food confidence thing, that's yeah. a big one. So, um, well, as we're coming up to kind of toward the end of this, I'd love for you to share how people can get in contact with you, learn more about your work and kind of anything that you may have going on right now. Absolutely. So I am taking on new clients right now. Um, and I would suggest um, finding me on Instagram and DMing me. I, I love I love that venue because it's easier for me to send like a video message or a voice message. I, I love to be a little bit more personal in some of that just so people actually know I'm a real person too. Because I think, yeah. you know, we we're being sold so much on these these platforms. And sometimes it's like, okay, is that person actually real? Or are they just like, yeah, you know, like, um, catfish and me. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, I'd say DM me on Instagram and all you have to do is just message me and say, like, I'm in <laughs> mm-hmm. and we can, cool. we can talk about kind of some next steps. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So what was your handle again? Just so everybody. Um, my, yeah. Sure my handle hear. is, um, at, uh, J L O Y E 
coaching. All right, great. Now I make always sure feel that like I need that. to say more than that, but I'm like, no, that's it. That's that is. There's nothing yeah. else to say. <laughs> that's your handle. <laughs> that's all. That's all. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again for for joining me for this great Absolutely. conversation. Um, I highly encourage people that are listening to reach out to you if they think that that you'd be somebody who they could really connect with. And mm-hmm. and and I think there are. I think I Thank think there you. are people who are going to resonate with you. Um, I just want to say as a as a slim person in this industry that you're welcome a hundred percent. Oh, it, thank it, you. As far as I'm concerned, I, I sometimes feel like the outsider because I can you know, see I that. Yeah. I didn't have a eating disorder and you know that kind of thing. And but yeah. but I just I'll be I'll be completely honest. The the what got me to say, you know what, I want him on my show right now is mm-hmm. one of your posts. Uh, a week Aww. or two ago, you, there were some, a couple of negative comments on there that were yeah. just nasty. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? We, we need a, a voice for <laughs> fat health I coaches. That. I mean, so yeah. I may have to get you on here again uh, sometime and I talk about another to. topic. Yeah, this was yeah. fun. This was so much fun. I, I really appreciated um, having this platform for sure. Cool. Yeah, well, it's been great talking to you. So uh, until next time, thanks for listening. 